Dateline, March 17th, 2013, and it's St. Paddy's Day, to be sure, to be sure, Bigorra. Oh, well, lucky it's not the Ireland desk, Grant. Uh, in fact, welcome, folks, to the Australia desk for episode 240. Well, Grant, well, let's uh, do some news this week that's not all about Qantas and uh, all the airlines. Let's talk about airports. There's uh, a lot of but, airports. But, 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 but it's St. Paddy's Day. It's St. Paddy's Day, and Alan Joyce is Irish. Oh, there you go. I'd forgotten about that. Okay, so just in honour of all the things that are good about Ireland, we'll focus on other stuff. Is that it? Absolutely. In, okay. And in honour of Ireland today, let's focus on an airport in Queensland. Sure, there's a link there. <laughs> Close enough. It's up north. Yes, and in fact, some news this week in the local news.com.au publications uh, is talking about a new privately built airport in Toowoomba and uh, a very wealthy and well-known family up there who owns a a construction and engineering firm is uh, talking about building this. And uh, not only are they talking about doing it for their own use with regard to fly-in, fly-out workers, well, they've got their eyes on some, uh, you know, regular public transport uh, operations as well. Well, it's going to be pretty interesting, mate, because if they make it as big as they want to, like able to take Boeing 747s, it's going to give quite a bit of a destabilizing effect to uh, the area because Southeast Queensland, you've already got the Gold Coast Airport just on the southern part of the Queensland border with New South Wales. Then you've got the main Brisbane Airport, which is the, the really big one in that area. And you've got Sunshine Coast just to the north. And now you're going to have the 747 capable air- airport in uh, Toowoomba. Mate, I think it's getting pretty crowded. Toowoomba is a, a, a major regional town in uh, southeast Queensland and it's right actually at the bottom there of the uh, Shirat Basin which for anybody who's uh, been uh, researching the minerals uh, boom in this country will know that there's a lot of uh, activity going on in that sector at the moment and uh, a lot of investment going on around that area so it kind of makes sense to uh, have some more transport infrastructure there. Uh, interestingly too Grant the, uh, this airport at Wellcamp which is uh, about 17 kilometres uh, to the west of the city of Toowoomba it's not actually all that far from the uh, Oki airport and uh, that's where the army has most of its Blackhawks most of the time. So there are some concerns there too about, uh, you know, if we were having these sort of large uh, aircraft coming in and out of there, uh, how that would be managed. But uh, I'm sure nothing is uh, impossible. I'm sure we could get around that after all. The Army wouldn't be active all the time. And they are flying helicopters, Grant, which are able to be slightly more manoeuvrable than a 747. (laughs) And stay rather low as well. But uh, look, it it is good timing to uh, float this kind of concept because uh, Brisbane Airport is having problems with figuring out how they're going to fund their whole new uh, runway that they want to put in, uh, the parallel main runway. And let's see what happens on that one. But maybe uh, just the threat of this uh, airport coming along might make people suddenly pull their heads in over in Brisbane and get on with it. But uh, Brisbane Airport's talking about it being an eight-year program to build up this runway. And these guys are talking about it being more like a six-year program to have the whole airport ready to go. So, you know, that's building a two point, almost a 2.9-kilometre runway for taking 747s. So, look, I don't know. They're, they're doing it with their own private funds. And, we'll, you know, hopefully they have a bit better luck than Branson Airport did in, in the USA, which, although I think that's turned around a bit now that Southwest are flying in there. But uh, you know, we'll see where this goes. Even if they just make the airport to start with suitable for FIFO and F-28s and things like that and Fokker 100s, then um, it's it's a pretty good start and a good idea. Absolutely. And uh, you know, it's positive in this era where we're seeing a lot of smaller airports closing down through lack of use these days. To see this sort of news coming in with this company, which is known as Wagner's, and a very, very successful company in that part of the world, uh, you know, I think that's a, a very a positive thing. And, uh, well, you know, obviously uh, I'm into uh, aircraft, so I think it's a fantastic thing. The boss of that company, John Wagner, describes the uh, plan 
is bold and he says this will be a total game changer for Toowoomba and our region. Interestingly too, Grant, the local council up there, the uh, local uh, regional government, uh, well, they're all in favour of it as well. And here's what one of their councillors, uh, Councillor Bill Cahill, had to say about it. It was a unanimous outcome. The uh, the DAP panel recommended that uh, it go off for approval uh, subject to the conditions. Mind you, there were 131 conditions associated with that application um, that the officers handle that under delegated authority. The important message to get out to the community here is the benefits that this project, um, that a private uh, developer will build and fund in its entirety uh, will bring enormous benefits to the greater region. And uh, interestingly, Grant, of course, not everybody's happy about it. There have been some uh, rather outspoken uh, radio announcers in Sydney that are jumping up and down about it. Well, one in particular, Alan Jones, but uh, some interesting comments on the blog post where he's talking about it, uh, pointing out that, well, he's got family up there with uh, agricultural land, apparently. So any wonder uh-huh. he's jumping up and down about it. Coincidence? I don't think so. And yeah, no, it's, it's always good to follow the money and, well, you know, let's let's see how this one all pans out and uh, what the people in Toowoomba think about the noise that's going to be introduced by all these aircraft in the area. I mean, uh, everyone wants the uh, facility of an airport. Everyone wants the uh, money it can bring in, but not in my backyard with the noise. But maybe because it's a private one, it'll go a little better. And who knows, it might actually work out better than uh, Brisbane uh, that we alluded to earlier with their uh, parallel runway. Uh, Apparently, they're saying that Brisbane's economy is going to take a $100 million a year hit if the parallel runway is not completed by 2020. Oh, well, you know, people that don't like aircraft noise. I tell you what, you know, if they built that airport up there at Toowoomba or maybe even another runway at uh, Brisbane, I'd actually consider moving into Queensland. Really? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful noise. Even with all the floods? <laughs> oh, floods. Well, well I'll, build, I'll build my house on stilts. Oh, there you go. There well, you go. Well, I'll tell you what, Grant, uh, one place that doesn't get flooded out too often, at least not by water, is Canberra, our nation's capital. And uh, they've just uh, unveiled a new airport lounge there for Virgin at Canberra Airport. That's right, mate. As part of the uh, overhaul of Canberra Airport, the new terminal and things like that and uh, Virgin Australia's wing of that uh, section has opened Uh, it offers a uh, lounge business class surfaces and so on because hey Virgin's going head to head with uh, Qantas and they're trying to win away a lot of the government travel because a lot of the government mandarins and so on they come in they do their work and then they disappear back to where they really want to live which could be Melbourne Sydney Brisbane anywhere so Virgin is of course putting on the E190 regional jets which uh, sort of clobber the uh, Dash 8, even though the sector times aren't that much uh, quicker, they do fly a little higher, they are a bit nicer, things like that. So with this new wing, uh, Virgin's actually unable to uh, unveil their uh, their business class surfaces and their frequent flyer lounge. Very handy. Yes, and of course the business and corporate uh, sector is uh, you know very important to Canberra because basically, well, it's full of politicians and people who want to talk to politicians. Grant, why would anybody want to talk to politicians all that much? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe they don't mind double talk and back dealing and backstabbing and you know conniving and lying and I, I Sorry, I should stop now before I totally give away how I think about most politicians. There you go, absolutely. Well, Grant, let's talk about the Avalon Air Show. Now, uh, this year's Australian International Air Show, of course, uh, you know, as uh, Max mentioned last week, we 
did put out a lot of content from there and it was a very busy time for us but uh, you know I've got to say Grant it was probably one of the smaller Avalon air shows that uh, I've seen in recent years now we only have it every second year here and I've been to probably about the last 10 of them uh, this one was very small in fact I'd go so far as to say in terms of uh, ramp space it was probably only half the size of previous Avalon air shows and uh, that's been reflected in numbers uh, some official numbers have come out uh, recently in the media this week saying that attendances for the public days were quite significantly down. Well they were down on last Avalon in 2011 which was a record Avalon I might point out. Last uh, last one in 2011 had 195,000 people through the turnstiles over across the six trade and public days. This time it was 168. Now that's kind of interesting though in itself given that the F-22 was doing a flying demo. And for the general public, a lot of them were there for, for just that show. And you could see that by the number of people who actually left after the F-22 did its flight. People would start streaming for the exits after they'd seen the F-22, and which is a real shame because there was a lot more to watch. But if the F-22 hadn't been flying, I think we uh, may have seen even lower attendance. Although they're saying that the number of companies exhibiting was up this year, uh, an extra 26 companies and uh, a number of extra delegations attending. But uh, you know, even so, the, it's, it's the Jim and Joe average public who come through the gate that they seem to really want to come through because that helps pay for a lot of the expenses. Yeah, I think um, obviously in the very in these uh, very tight economic times and of course there's been a lot of talk lately about the austerity measures that are uh, about to take place in the United States. Uh, in fact Grant I think you, you you mused recently that we might have seen the last F-22 demonstration for a while and I think you might be right but interestingly like the United States Air Force normally sends down a huge contingent generally from its forces that are based in this region of the world. Interestingly Grant we didn't have any F-15s this time we normally see uh, plenty of those. There were some F-16s here but uh, not as many as normal and the Singaporeans I don't think they sent their 16s this year um, you know and there were other other forces the New Zealand Air Force the poor old Kiwis they don't have many aircraft but normally they send the 757 uh, it didn't come and do a display although I did note that it was there on one day I'm not sure what it was doing there but uh, I, I think in terms of military hardware military jet teams that was certainly cut back even the Royal Australian Air Force uh, was uh, scaled back quite considerably the Australian Army was not there at all this year and neither was Boeing when it comes to the corporate side of things that's very odd I mean Boeing sells a lot of airframes in this part of the world and I, I think it's odd that they weren't there. Yeah, they had a uh, chalet there, um, as they're calling them, a uh, exhibitor business unit, but uh, they didn't actually have a trade stand. Uh, they were there sort of with a couple of their trade partners, but yeah, very different not to have a huge Boeing presence in one of the uh, display trade areas. So uh, they were sort of there, but they really sort of weren't. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. We'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran.